0: This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and as always, I'm joined by Dave, and today, he is the master of everything security. Everything needs to be secure. He's the guy.
1: Yeah, and to secure it, we're going to turn it all off, (laughs) (laughs) cover it in concrete, and bury it in a hole in the ground. So that was this episode, then. (laughs) Hey, John, how are you doing?
0: Oh, it's uh, end of the week, so always a good thing, right?
1: I think so. I think so and uh, as jan says yes we're we're talking talking cyber security once more uh, with a bit of a different angle uh, this time this was inspired by an article that uh, that had the title uh, who should own cyber security in your organization uh, the article itself was terrible but i think the question is uh, is very valid so yon like who should own? The, who should own cybersecurity in your your organization of uh, Roaring Elephant Incorporated LLC PLC Ltd
0: uh, Netherlands BV NV something like that? Uh, yeah. uh, I just said in the intro. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and with, with you, oh I don't mean you, Dave. I mean not me. <laughs> and I'm actually not well, being flippant here. I just want to clarify that. Uh, I think it's a hot potato. And nobody wants to own it because if things go wrong, oh, you're in a big pile of doo doo. And in a lot of organizations, I think passing the hot potato has been a thing that happened a lot of the time. I mean, as long as I don't have to do it, then I can't do anything wrong because. The biggest problem for me, and that's, that I'm just going to say this, then I'm going to shut up, is how complicated the subject matter is. It's evolving all the time. You're always running behind playing catch up and taking that responsibility should be not done lightheartedly. That was an English sentence, yeah. I think.
1: I mean, the, the, in a typical enterprise organization, like the, not necessarily the, the person that owns it, but certainly where the buck stops is usually like someone holding the role of chief information security officer also oftenly abbreviated to CISO um like we we often see that as where decisions roll up to but I think the the problem like the problem with the article that that kind of kicked this off is it had a very security is owned and uh and every, the accountability all lies at the uh you know the the security organization within an enterprise and i think that's like fundamentally wrong and i my understanding uh of information security and especially not just the, the strategy but uh cyber as a whole is that like It's everybody's uh, responsibility, whether you're in, uh, you know, a go to market, you know, sales part of an organization, you're in engineering, you're in people ops or HR, uh, you're in legal, you're in finance. Like everybody has a, a responsibility, um, and is accountable for the, the cyber security of an organization. Mm,
0: The problem with that statement is that the moment that it's everybody's, I can safely say it's not mine um that's always a bad thing and i also want to maybe be pedantic about the word responsibility for stuff like this you need a think to have at somebody that is the person that needs to make sure everybody is doing the job mm. so i think it's everybody's task everybody's job everybody's occupation everybody's you should be doing this Yes, but responsibility, I wouldn't go that far because as a developer, if your boss is harassing you to develop your software faster and faster with less time and less resources, you will be going to the minimum viable product. And typically security today is not part of an MVP. And that is wrong. And it should be the responsibility of, and I'm going to put CISO here, but let's discuss this further definitely, to say that. A MVP should always may contain as a priority securing the stuff, but that's not something you can say. This is the developer's responsibility because the the, the individual conti- contributor, as they say, so obviously, so so often, doesn't have the clout to actually take that responsibility, and that's why I take a I take offense at saying it's everybody's responsibility. You kind of give people a responsibility where they don't have the power to actually enforce it or make it happen and that's not fair
1: no so i i think when we get into the more depth of this you start to draw a somewhat blurry line between who owns something and i do agree like the ownership lies at the the, the cso's feet ultimately but who is accountable for it is i think the is the the wider organization and so the your example uh, as as the developer who is is kind of asked to cut timelines cut corners you know in order to release whatever piece of software they're working on like they shouldn't be the ones that make that decision like i'm going to cut out security from this you know this product this release this whatever they they should be the ones that kind of raise that this is an issue and to hit deadline x you know security feature y will need to be excluded and you know that's the sort of thing that then has to roll up through you know a a product management team through engineering leadership and you know it should you would hope kind of propagate through to something like a risk team or something like that who would you know ultimately you know that's and the risk team is usually something that reports up through the CISO. so it's the the kind of ownership versus accountability is is i think where some of this this blurry line comes along
0: yeah when you're saying that the whole line going from developer to the product management team and stuff like that i mean this is the reason why securities function are usually in, in in parallel lines and not in a normal mm. chain of command. Because if you're looking at a product manager, um, he, she is typically the person that says, oh, forget about security stuff, I, my MVP, my product, my functionality, that's what I'm going to sell. The sales team as well, they want to sell functionality and okay, they want to be able to say it's secure, obviously, but that's not what sells the product. If I'm buying, a, I don't know, a calendar app, okay, it's all of the nice ways of making group calendars stuff like that, that sells a product, not the fact that it's secure. If it's not secure it'll probably stop the sale but it's not something mm. marketable at that point because that's not what you want to do unless you're selling pure security software if you have a, a CISO or something like that a search team or whatever that that needs to be not in that normal chain but next to it to have a kind of a supervision a, a kind of an oversight function to make sure that everybody works the way it should be done. I mean, just like it happens for uh, diversity, equality and things like that, something like security should be taken, I mean, should be, (laughs) who am I to say? (laughs) But I I would imagine it's better if that's taken out of the hands of the normal decision tree, but more as a supervision, supervisory function. But of course that has uh, a disadvantage because at that point, the whole set team, the security team, they get to be known as the people that say no all the time.
1: Yeah and I, one of the things that that we see quite a bit is I I would say your kind of description of you know, product management sort of or and go to market folks sort of saying eh, you know skip the security doesn't matter I think we won't for the say most skip the part, security
0: I'm just making, I mean I'm in sales I'm never going to say skip security <laughs> I'm just saying it's less of a it's all I'm doing every day
1: it's I'm not it's less of an impetus maybe yeah. But, I have but no idea. Yeah, I I do think that that's, or at least I like to think that that's something that we would have seen a lot more, you know, ten years, five ten years ago. I think in the you know in recent times, I think more and more people are realizing just how critical having a secure solution is, and you know we're we're recording this um this particular episode in in the sort of the shadow of the recent you know Okta breach for example where um you know the one of the most popular single sign on platforms in the world has sort of had to announce that uh, their systems have been breached in some way shape or form and mm. the the fallout is still being uh, still being kind of worked on on that one but This is, you know, this is the, the world that we live in. Like breaches happen all the time, happen regularly and happen in some cases with very, very significant kind of fallout. So I, I do think that nowadays organizations do take information, security, cybersecurity um a lot a lot more wider within their remit i do believe that we see uh, this happening more and more i do think that it is a it's a, it's an evolution as well though it's not something that maybe a, a small startup would invest quite as much time in i think you're right like that mvp um example like yeah i can definitely see Smaller organizations being of that nature, but as soon as people reach a certain level of maturity, I think they do invest in, you know, a CISO all the kind of the rest of that supporting organization and have it kind of integrated into the rest of the wider org.
0: Yeah, but I also think there's it's kind of a perverse effect when the business gets bigger and it becomes a matter of doing business. If you have the small startup, typically these people, they build something, they're proud of it, they want to make it good and they spend the time and there's no there's no shareholders breathing down their neck and they have more liberty to maybe spend time on these less sexy subjects like security. Well, if it becomes a big business, now we need to grow every year the 120%, that's what the stock market expects, blah, blah, blah. That's basically when corners get cut so um i hear what you're saying i'm just not saying it's always going to be that way mm.
1: yeah yeah i can definitely see that uh, certain cultures and certain organizations might lead to the the inverse happening i just i i hope that that's less the case or i hope yeah i hope that's the minority rather than the majority but uh
0: if I look yeah. at myself, if I need if my car needs uh, maintenance, I typically don't go to the the biggest car dealership here. I'll go to a self employed is not the word but uh, independent an independent uh, little garage that really my hundred euros makes a difference. So I assume I'll be treated better. Well, if you're in the big big dealership, then you're just number twenty five thousand of the year, and who cares if he's not satisfied? I think it's also valid for software.
1: Mm. To a certain extent, but then also the getting slightly off track here. But the we the never. more the more mature an organisation, the more mature the software. Typically, the the richer the experience. I'll sometimes. counter that? Not always. The bigger, the
0: organisation, the more technical debt, the more legacy software is in there.
1: Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, but there's surely there's a, there's a bell curve at that point. Like you you've got you've got you know early on not enough features, not enough functionality, tiny code base. You've got you know sweet spot of. Uh, Amazing, amazing software. You know, market fitting functionality and features, and and then and then it goes back down to like, oh yeah, codeware, like bloat, too, um, too much technical debt, blah blah. blah. Stop describing me. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all the way down in that uh, that area there. A
0: lot of bell curve, more of a cross axis with a middle point that has a sweet spot. But, maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to do security, and as, as a as a world, we're not used to it. It's still fairly new. Cause yes, a lot of stuff is happening, but it's not become as ingrained as automatic to do that security stuff. And another factor I think is important here is that customers they want the security, but they don't want to pay what is required. And I'm not meaning money here, although. Good secure software is probably going to be a little more expensive because there's more stuff in there, but more effort. Because uh, if I can download the project and just deploy it, and there's no passwords, no logins, it just works. That's very quickly a uh, time to up up time is yeah, deploy done, we're, we're running, we're gone. If it is secure and have to have SSL certificates in there or couple it to my AD or LDAP, it's more effort. I have to start to read it. Uh, a, a, a documentation page uh, how to on mm. how to do this and active directory well that's somebody else i don't know how to do that it gets more complicated and i've actually seen some some pushback from customers when security became mandatory that actually people complained that it was so hard to start working with the project
1: <laughs> mm. yeah uh, i don't i don't see that as much although i can definitely i can definitely imagine it being the case I mean, one of the things that I think we've seen more in the last or more discussion around in the last few years is the broad kind of approach of security across organizations. Um, So yeah, I think we we found a quick image that talked about uh, something called an Information Risk Council. The amusing abbreviation IRC for anyone who's been around in tech for a while longer. Um, I'm not too sort of worried about the 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 details around the Information Risk Council. I think everyone can figure out for themselves what what that means. But the the thing about this is, you know, information security is the responsibility or is the um, has accountability across all of these different um areas so you know you'll have um know yeah, the it organization the legal organization the hr organization the engineering organization kind of and the they call it operations but you know i would think that to be more like the go-to-market so sales customer support um you know all that side of a a given a given company like the 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 sort of the expectations would be that all of these people would have a degree of care or concern around around a, a cybersecurity strategy, and that that can be as basic as you know, on the HR side, they'll they'll be helping to recruit the right people into into a, a security organisation. They'll be ensuring that the you know the, the mandatory sort of cyber security training is up to date for individuals and they'll be you know keeping an eye on um you know who is who is delinquent in that training and making sure that people run through it you know that's probably the one of the the simplest kind of areas of care whereas someone something like the 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 information security sort of side of things they will have an entire organization that's more sort of dedicated to everything from you know offensive sort of um side of things like red versus blue pen testing and all that sort of thing you'll have people responsible for um yeah you can switch to the other the the other image the sort of um war games you've got you'll have people on the the blue side and the in the security operations center and vulnerability management and then you'll have a whole bunch of people in a some sort of product project management office responsible for their sort of coordination coordination administration and general management of all of these kind of projects and the projects won't just be from within the the cyber security organization they'll be cross-cutting across the whole company and then you know risk management is always going to be a critical part of this both the detecting risks finding where there are holes in an organization and evaluating risks so going back to that example of a, a developer that was looking at you know deadlines are looming and they're being asked to deliver something by x deadline they're going to have to cut something out is it is it security that gets cut out? Well, I'd expect, you know, some from the, someone from the risk management team to get looped into that conversation, so that we can decide: does it is that the thing that gets cut out, or is there something else that we should do here?
0: Well, I guess the, the moral of the story is that that should never get cut out, because I mean we've discussed this earlier on on the podcast already if you don't do the security from the start it's a lot harder to add it to an existing product afterwards than to just bite the bullet and do it right from the start right and the problem with pilots and pocs and povs that mm. invariably end up in production i mean we should no longer do pocs and stuff like that i mean if something's worth we're doing just start doing it right and the whole I mean, it's called the IRC Council there, but I think that's just the cert team, right? That's basically the representation from the different functions within the company yeah. that have a person or two persons in the cert team to make sure to to, to 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 be the the gatekeepers and to avoid it ever dropping by the wayside.
1: So, a, a real-world example here of uh, of something that, in my mind, went uh, terribly wrong was uh, and this is this is something i heard from someone just this week um this person had left their previous role over over a year ago at this point and after um this week they started getting a whole load of notifications that they're sort of um they've been removed from a whole bunch of Projects and things had been deactivated, and basically, it looks like their offboarding program had finally caught up with <laughs> removing them from a whole bunch of systems um, at their previous employer. And, like, that is this is and this is a very large organization this person was coming from. Um, and that, you know, that's the sort of example of something I think is very scary the fact that people offboarding is one of those things that people don't pay a lot of attention to they they tend to like you know one thing gets unplugged like i don't know someone's email or something like that but uh there's a whole load of other things that seem to get forgotten for some reason and i do not understand why but uh yeah particularly particularly scary conversation to have they this person realized that they probably had very significant levels of access mm-hmm. to a whole bunch of systems and it's only i think it's been basically at the uh following up from the octa breach some organizations have been doing some uh, internal digging around to see where where they had maybe uh, exposure to certain things but yeah particularly a scary story
0: yeah, I mean, the email is a bad example because I think there's actually legislation in the EU that you are supposed to keep access to your work email for a certain amount of time to be able to migrate stuff and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, this is why role based access control was created, right? The whole idea behind role based access control is you can easily, when somebody leaves the company, just remove the role or remove the person from the group and it's just automatically the uh, Take away any kind of privileges you might have to view, see, control, create, delete things. If that isn't set up correctly, um, I mean, we could say that that basically is the first thing in security, right? If you haven't got that set up right, it doesn't matter if your firewalls are closed or not closed. If you, mm. I mean, if, if the biggest threat, I mean, we've, we've looked at the uh, antivirus or infection of malware reports in the past from Verizon, I think there were, and ins- yeah. insider threats or accidents were still responsible for most of the data loss and breaches uh, that were happening.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that the, if you look at the the conversations that people have had around this role-based access control is one thing, but the the problem is there is such a wide variety of systems that don't have a consistent way of enforcing that role based access control or single sign on so the there are some things that organizations always find it sort of easy to plug and or easy to unplug but there are so many other systems that just don't seem to get looped into that kind of story and i think that's where that's where a lot of the Uh, challenges are for organizations keeping track of all of those kind of separate individual threads that when someone when someone gets uh off-boarded um that all of those threads get cut and yeah as i say i i think it's it's probably one of the areas that most people or a lot of organizations could do with investing more time and effort into. Yeah, we're
0: kind of circling back to the the thing I said before, right? The whole security thing, it's an extra burden that we all wish we we didn't have to do. Mm. So is that why we're all doomed? I mean, people are lazy by nature. That's how intelligent people got more intelligent, by finding ways to do less work. (laughs) Um, Mm. So it's inherent to the species. And as long as security is... Yeah, always extra effort, more complexity, less freedom, more bureaucracy. They're all negative things. And yeah, sure, the end goal is a positive one, having a secure environment, whatever it may be. But people are people. So are we doomed?
1: I would hope not doomed. (laughs) I do think that things are... I do think that things are improving slowly I, I do think that there's far greater awareness as an example of information security cybersecurity now than there was 10 years ago 15 years ago anything like that like the i'm not quite sure that uh, the uh all publicity is good publicity. Quite falls into the, the same category with data breaches and things <laughs> like that. But one thing that it has driven is awareness. Uh, more people are aware that you know their banks have been hacked, or their um, uh, their sort of um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for there um, identity. identity provider, or their sort of uh, single asylum provider, or like it is legislation has come into place that has meant lots of these things now need to be disclosed and people are now aware of just how big a problem this is i i would say that's something that i think has improved and i do think that people are taking it more seriously because of that
0: i'm going yeah I, i'm I'm the local pessimist, I guess, <laughs> but, uh, people aren't aware. I mean, I think this is a problem with us being in the bubble where this is important and we work with security things all the time. And mm. I mean, I work in a government uh, patch, so I think security is very important, getting governments yeah. to cloud security is all you talk about all the time, but for, for I'm going to say normal here, not in any directory where it just If you're not inside this tech bubble, just people in general, they still put all their stuff on Facebook anyway. So that awareness, uh, the only time that they're really aware is if they can do a a class action lawsuit and can get some money out of it, I guess, then they're aware. (laughs) But apart from that, um, I mean, I I do read uh, online paper every day. And when the breach happened, if I read through the... Uh, the the, the comment section on that article you could clearly see who were practitioners who kind of knew what Okta was and what the mm. potential problem was and then the not in crowd if I can say it like that who were just yeah I mean it made, it made some good reading I mean I had a chocolate too <laughs> but awareness it's just it's a if you're not in IT I think security is a level of complexity that's not beyond people, but not inside their realm of interest at all, mm. which is a bad thing. I
1: suppose, I suppose maybe I am the optimist on this one, <laughs> which is scary because that's not normally the case. Um, I suppose, I suppose I, I am generally thinking of it more within the enterprise context than within the the wider the wider world context i think that yeah i think you're you are right on that side of things but do you think that awareness even within the it world is is more commonplace now
0: again depends on the function i think in the it world a lot is done on optimization and that means cutting corners and that means that we have a cert team now and me as position xyz i can just say if cert didn't tell me to do this ssl encrypted tls uh, layer then i guess i don't have to because that means i can get my project uh, finished faster and my boss will be happy i'll get a bonus and again enlightened self-interest rules the world it's a good thing or bad thing let's not talk about that but mm. it, is a, it is an inherent risk of this thing. And I actually think that it's getting worse because if you look at how, for example, the whole, well, I'm going to say the world, the, the word blockchain and cryptocurrency mm. have become such a massive pain for regular people that instead of going to normal stocks and trying to get some money doing it the regular way are now being fooled into buying crypto coins and that's i mean if it works for you more power to you but it's one of the most fragile chaotic ways of investing your money and every every time somebody gets rich means a lot of other people got poor Mm. that's it's a a currency right it's not a stock if you look at the kind of publicity that's happening, the marketing around it, it's kind of telling people it's all okay, it's safe. We take care of it without offering any proof. And even if they offered proof, people would not be a, in a position to, to to judge if that proof is actually worthwhile.
1: Yeah, but I, th- I think you're now talking about the, I mean, the that side of the cryptocurrency world, in my mind, is that's just the the latest iteration of the pyramid scheme, right? Uh,
0: yeah. Cryptocurrency is a pyramid scheme. There's no way around. I'm talking here about the, the Bitcoin, Ethereum things. I mean, there's a couple of governments that are currently looking. I mean, the EU is now looking at making a, a virtual euro, but that's going to be a different kind of uh, cryptocurrency. Yeah, it'll because it will actually be
1: regulated.
0: Well, not only regulated, but there will be... Well, we're off the gold standard for a while now already, so I guess paper money is also a bit of a pyramid scheme, but still, it's there's bank guarantees and stuff like that. Um, not talking about that stuff, but the, the normal crypto wallets and stuff like that, yeah, again, you need to get 500 people poor to make one person rich.
1: Yeah. Well, welcome to finance. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, unless there's anything else from you, no. I think we're about ready to wrap. Yeah, to do it. All right. Well, in that case, that is all the time we have for today. You can, of course, as always, support the podcast. We uh, really do appreciate things like uh, people joining our Patreon. Every contribution really does help. We are on YouTube. You can like, you can subscribe, you can hit the notification bell, you can comment, you can do all the YouTube things. Uh, please go to www.roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page and for more information about the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter using the at roaringelephant tag, and you can send your feedback to podcast at roaringelephant.org if you are that way inclined. Until next time, my name is still slightly optimistic about security, Dave.
0: And my name is, I'm happy that Dave's doing all security stuff. Jon. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we look forward to talking to you next week. Unless we get hacked. Goodbye. (laughs) 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 See you then.